actress Catherine Heigl is a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs through her foundation. During her time with these thousands of dogs, she's seen more issues with dogs' odors, joints, and health. She's done a ton of research on the subject and believes there's a key factor in canine health, their food. Inspired by her own desire for a healthier food option for her dogs, Heigl created Superfood Complete. This dog food is packed with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods known for their health benefits. Superfood Complete isn't just about delicious food. It's also about giving back. Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, supports the Jason the Bus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue dogs and find them loving homes. Join dog owners across America who are seeing positive changes in their furry friend's health with Superfood Complete. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Chances are, the vast majority of you listening to this right now have never known anyone that has been murdered. Even though I say the vast majority of you, there are likely some of you that do know someone, whether it's friend or family, that's been the victim of a homicide. The emotions that can happen from something like that, most of us will never feel. We'll not know what those few of you that have in some way been touched by tragedies like that are going through both when it happened and the years following. A lot of us can imagine though, the range of emotions that can materialize can be huge. Sadness, stress, being powerless, fear, and maybe even some level of guilt depending on what happened. Almost all that are close though will experience anger somewhere along the way. They want something done to the killer. They and even people who just hear about a murder will want some sort of vengeance for what happened. They'll want their pound of flesh, or more. Punishment has to happen. Justice needs to be served. Those close to the victims, they want it. The public will want it. But what if there's no justice to be served? In today's episode, I'll be talking about circumstances where just that happened. Murder-suicides. Welcome back to Music City 911. I'm going to start off this episode with a couple of remarks. Calls like this, a lot of times, there won't be a lot of info from them, simply because the suspect involved doesn't get arrested. There's no questioning of the murderer. It's hard, if not impossible, to figure an exact motive. People close to the suspect and victim might be able to shed a little bit of light on the situation, but that's never a guarantee. Because of that, this won't be like some of the other episodes where we have a decent amount of background information. I have a few calls to play and a bit of police radio audio from one of the incidents. So really, 
The focus today will be mainly on the 911 calls. I'll give what info I found about the calls, but for the most part, there's not a lot said about these types of calls in the news or even with some police information. With that being said, let's get into some of these calls. 911, what's the address of your emergency? 215 Kenny Brook Lane, Illyria. Okay, do you need police, fire, or ambulance? I'll need them all. Huh? Why? I'll need them all. Why? I just killed my family. You killed your family? I just killed my family and now I'm going to do me. You're, and now you're going to do you? Yes. Goodbye. What did you kill them with? That was all that came in with that call. For those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, you'll know that this call fits square in with what I've said multiple times about suicidal callers. The ones like this one, they don't call in saying, I'm feeling suicidal. They don't want your help to get through whatever they're going through. They simply say in some way that they're going to kill themselves, and then they do it. As a dispatcher, there's no talking someone like this out of it. You have to always keep this in mind. You really do want to help. We all do. But something like this, their mind's made up. They're going to do it no matter what you do or say. It's very unfortunate, and it's very hard to hear. But please, even though some of these calls may live with you for a while or forever, never blame yourself in any way when someone like this calls in. There's really nothing you can do. I've talked to more than a few of these people like this before. The only difference in this, and, well, I hate to say it, a normal suicidal caller, is that this person says he also killed his family. So this dispatcher that took the call, if you're listening, this was going to happen. Try your best not to think too much into it. This call came in around 11.45 p.m. back in October of last year in the 200 block of Kennybrook Lane, at the West Ridge Green Mobile Home Community in the small town of Elyria, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Police got to the scene and found a locked door to that trailer. After forcing entry, they found a total of four people dead from gunshot wounds, including the caller on the 911 call we just listened to. His name was James Stedman. He was 69 years old. The victims in this were his mother, 92-year-old Bernadette Stedman, his wife, Lisa, and his 34-year-old son, Matthew. They had been residents of the mobile home park for over 20 years. Just like I was saying earlier on, the exact motive is unknown, but there has been some speculation. Less than three years ago, his father passed away. The father and James's mother, they had been married for a total of 69 years. Both his mother and wife had health issues, and at least one of them were in a wheelchair. And on top of that, his adult son, Matthew, was reported to be autistic. So he was having to take care of everyone there in the household. I won't ever advocate for someone doing anything like this, but the load on him is a lot for anyone to handle, especially someone his age. Something like this is obviously very unfortunate. I really wish he would have reached out to somebody, anybody, for some sort of help before deciding to go down this path. This next incident 
it starts out quite a bit differently than the last. Public safety dispatchers, Whitney. Hi, Katie, who is going through a divorce and was going to go back to her home last night. They had to do some paperwork. And I'm a little bit concerned. We had a, we were supposed to um, we had an appointment scheduled that she missed. And she doesn't ever miss appointments. Is there any way I can set up to do a well check at her home? Okay. And you said she was supposed to go back home last night, was it? Yeah, she was away with her parents for like a week, I think, with the kids, and was going to go home last night as they had some divorce paperwork. But I know that she was a little bit concerned for her safety that way, and I just want to make sure she's okay. I can't get her by phone or email, and it's not like her to miss an appointment. It's only been an hour. It's not yet just been an hour. But Okay, do her and her ex still live together? Yes. Yeah, that was what the situation was. He was refusing to leave the home, and that's what the paperwork was. She was going to file paperwork to get him out. Okay, he said she said that to you specifically that she was concerned for her welfare about going home? Yeah, she had some concerns about that, and I had some concerns just from talking to her, too. I was encouraging her not to do that, but I'm not why? sure what she decided, but I know her plan was to go home. Okay, why is she concerned? Uh, he has had some violent tendencies in the past, and I believe CPS has been involved, and I actually believe she came and spoke to the uh, police department a couple weeks ago to let her know this was divorce was upcoming, um, just because she didn't really trust him. He's been violent with her in the and, past, correct? Um, I think the violence has been more with the kids, but he has been with her, but I don't think it's been reported. He's been physical with her before. Okay, and are the children home as well with them, or do they live somewhere else? I don't, I don't know if they. Yeah, they were together. They were all together, but I don't know if they started back to school today. And I don't know how to check up and see if they're at school or anything. Okay, how many kids? I believe she has five. Do you know the ages? Um, not offhand. I think the oldest is 17, and I think they have a twins that are 12, and the youngest, and then they may have like eight and six. That's roughly. Okay. And what was your... I don't want to make a big... Natasha Holt, H-A-I-G-H-T. And how do you spell her first name? Tasha, T-A-U-S-H-A. And you said the last name H-A-I-G-H-T? Yeah, it's probably actually pronounced Height. Okay, just want to make sure I had that right. And then uh, do you have her date of birth by chance? Um, possibly. I don't have it really handy, but I might be able to track that down. Okay, and you said she missed an appointment today. Was that like a, a, an appointment for you guys to meet up together, or? Yeah, I'm actually out of state. Otherwise, I would probably check on her myself. But okay. we had a, a time we were going to meet. We we're going to do a video chat. Okay. And what was her ex-husband's name? Uh, they're still married. They just filed divorce papers. Mike, Michael. And you said you don't know if the kids are there at home right now with them? I do not know. No, I've not been able to get a hold of her. Let me just double-check my email again to make sure in the meantime I haven't heard back from her or anything. 
Okay. And then, Sue, can I get, and just... I, I need to tell you a little bit. Your address by chance? I do, yes. It's 4696 Santa Fe Trail. She's in her early 40s. I don't have her exact birthday right here, but I can probably track that down. And it's in Cedar City. Okay. All right, I will uh, put this in here. Do you know, by chance, um, in the past, like, can you explain to me, like, how he was violent? Was it just... I know they had a, a, a well check with CPS down there. Um, it was with one of the kids. He just has anger issues. Okay. Do you know if drugs or alcohol are a factor? No drugs or alcohol, no. Okay. And do you know if there are any weapons involved? There, there, I've been talking about that. There are firearms and firearms in the house. I think they're locked up. I was actually encouraging her to get those out and turn them into you because I knew in Utah you could do that. I used to practice. I know they had guns, but she thought they were safe, um, locked up, because I was trying to ask if he would have access to those. But I don't know what happened that way. I, I'm actually thinking he might still have access to those. But they are at least locked up in their house, but I think he has access to open the lock. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be confusing about that. Okay. And then they're they, safe from the kids getting to them. Okay. Like it's like in the safe or something? I think so. I believe it's something like that. Okay. Yeah, she has, I think, some firearms of her own and he does also. Okay. I'll get this put in here and I will see if we can have someone go out there and check on her, okay? Yeah, if I hear anything or hear back from her before I won't hear anything back from you, I assume, or will I? I can have an automated contact if you'd like. That'd be great. Now, is this okay for me to do? Do people do those kind of things? I haven't actually had to do this. Yeah, previously. yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it it happens definitely. So it's not uncommon. Okay, and it's okay to keep my name confidential. I really don't want to get in a legal confidential thing. I think she would certainly appreciate me checking out, but I don't know that he would. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that in there so they're aware. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. I appreciate the work you do. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Another call, close to the content of the last one we just listened to, it was also called in. Public safety dispatch, this is Sydney. Hey, Sydney, it's Ken. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I just got a call from okay. to report a missing person. That you need to report a missing person? He needs, yeah, he needs to report a missing person. Give me one second, yeah. sorry. What you find? Three six north, three hundred west. Okay. So you said it's gonna be a Cedar PD call? Yeah. Okay. The missing person is his brother-in-law. His name is Michael Hayes. I believe it's H. I believe it's H A I G H T, if I remember correctly. Okay. And Michael' wife served him with divorce papers within the last two weeks, and he's kind of been struggling with it, whatnot, but. Um, this morning when they went to the offices, they found uh, there was a check on his secretary's desk to her that she wasn't expecting. 
and there was confidential documents left out on Michael's desk, which was out of the ordinary for him. He's had a, a full day of appointments that hasn't showed up for any appointments, which he would, that's out of character, he would always either show up or, or make alternate arrangements. And nobody's been able to, to contact him. Okay. So is that 1870 North Main? Week number. Okay. And Mike, Michael's office is in that same building. I don't think it's the same suite, but it is in that same building. Okay. And Mike. Mike, okay. and I, I don't know Michael's address, Michael Hayes' address, but I know he, he lives up on the ridge someplace up there. Okay, we'll see if we have any news files for him. Um, did okay. he have a date of birth on him? I I don't have that. Okay. He would be, he would be in his 40s and maybe in his 50s. Okay. Uh, the one that's matching that one has an address in Enoch. You know, I, actually, that may be it. That okay. Be it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah, I can get Cedar assigned to this. Okay. Okay. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, thank you so much. Thank, thank All you. All right, The first call from this, it's something we get in dispatch pretty frequently. Someone calling in wanting to check the welfare of someone they know. Maybe they've had some problems or haven't shown up for work in a while. There's a wide range of reasons for a welfare check like this. This one they were concerned, not only for an adult, but also for the kids that live there. The reason for the call was a missed appointment. In the second call, it was actually a sheriff that was calling about this. Michael's brother called him and told him there were some things amiss. He was also talking about missed appointments. Also mentioned that his wife had served him with divorce papers a couple weeks prior, and to top that off, he left an out-of-the-ordinary check on his secretary's desk, along with confidential documents that were left out. No one had heard from him in over a day. Family and acquaintances have put calls into police in various ways at this point. It was more than enough to go out and check to see what was going on there, to try and see why Michael was doing such odd things, and to try and see why he hadn't been in contact with anyone at all. Other calls that weren't released were called in with similar concerns. Word got to police that were en route that was the worst possible news in something like this. Six W one. Six W one. Show me ten seventeen to the address on ninety nine Lima on Albert Drive. I just got word that we have possible dead bodies inside. Ten four sixty nine one. Cheater six W six same traffic. Sixty nine one. Six W one ten twenty three. Six two two. 
five in Roswell. Channel two. Cedar six seventy three. Prioritize this channel. I have two deceased on the bed. Going to clear the home. Ten four. One and Rose is prioritized. Again, Iron Law 1 and Rose is prioritized. Any other traffic resume on Beacon and Law 2? Any other traffic resume on Beacon and Law 2? multiple victims Cedar, 
I apologize, Cedar. We're going to be out at the uh, mother's house right now, myself, 3W1, with the bishop and state president. 3W7, if you can just check the call comments as well. We have the attorney call us. It's unfortunate. Copy. Yeah, I just saw that call comment. We'll figure that one out in a second for him. 3W77840. It may have been difficult for everyone to hear what was going on there in that radio traffic. At one point after making entry to the home, an officer says, there are two deceased bodies on the bed, and later says, there are multiple victims. If you look at pictures of the family, everything looked idyllic. Michael and his wife Tasha were a good-looking couple. In one picture, they pose with their five kids in front of a desert mountain. It boggles the mind how something like this could happen to such a picturesque family. Michael, who was 42 years old, had been served with divorce papers by his wife Tasha just two weeks before the family was found. It was believed that Michael killed his wife, his mother, and then all five of their kids ranging in age from 4 to 17 before turning the gun on himself. In total, eight bodies, including Michael, were found at the house. All wasn't as charming in the family as was made out in their pictures. Back in 2020, police received a call regarding possible abuse going on in the house. The eldest daughter, Macy, who was just 14 years old when she was interviewed, detailed that she had been assaulted and other attacks had happened that started back in 2017 when she was just 11 years old. She said that her dad assaulted her numerous times, including strangling her, shaking her violently, and even shoved her by her shoulders into a wooden piece along the back of their couch. Michael, of course, denied all this, saying it was all a big misunderstanding that Macy was quite mouthy. He did admit to getting angry, and also that he had taken his wife's cell phone and iPad to read her text messages to see if she was speaking any type of negative way about the family. Tasha ended up not wanting to press charges, and the county attorney ultimately did not file any charges against him, citing insufficient evidence. Two years later, the entire family was dead. Again, no exact motive has been given, but it seems like it was pretty clear. It looks like the threat of divorce put him over the edge, and he thought the only way out was to end his own life and the life of his entire family. The small town of Enoch, Utah, where this happened, has been shaken since this occurred back in January of this year. Approximately 1,000 people were in attendance for the funeral of Tasha, her mother, and the five children. And the last call we have, it's more of the same, but again, a much different way of it being called into dispatch. 911, please for medical. Um, hello, my mom is in shot. Okay, so it's medical. Is it medical, sir? Yes, my mom okay. is in shock. Are you at, at? Yes. Okay, when you say shot, like Don shot. Hello. Hello. How did she get hurt? My dad. You said your dad shot her. Sir, talk to me. You said your dad shot her. Yes. Okay, your mom breathing. Hi, Rescue. This is the Sheriff's Office reference to someone got shot. Okay, call. What is the address of the emergency? Hello, what is the address? Is that in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you close to the Yes, sir. Your phone number. 
phone, phone number, my home phone number? Yes, the one you called me from in case I need to call you again. Okay, and what is your name? Josh. My dad went off on a rampage and shot my mom. Okay, is she still with us or is she beyond any help? She, I think she is still with us. Okay, how old is she? Uh, over 40. 40? Over 40. Okay, and where was she shot? In my, in the leg, I think. Okay. And uh, is your father still there that shot her? I think so. Okay. You didn't see where he went? No. Okay. Which leg was it? Wait, what? Which leg? Right, left? I think it, uh, the right, I think. Okay. Was she shot anywhere else, or was that the only time? The only time. Okay. And you don't know if your father's still there, do you? No, I do not. And he, did, do you know if the weapon's still around, or did he still have the weapon when he I left? I think he still has the weapon. Okay. And uh, do you feel safe where you are right now? No. Okay. Where is your mother? In my front yard, I think. Okay. Can you tell if she's breathing? I don't know. Um. You're not sure if she's breathing? She's... I'm, I'm trying to... I, I'm on the phone, Mom. Okay. So, uh, FD, let me ask him a question because my, my dad, the deputy comment. Where is your dad at and is he still armed? I have no idea. Uh, do you think he left in a car? Uh, no, he has definitely not left in a car. Does he still have the gun? Yes. Yes? What kind of gun? Uh, I don't know. Unknown? It's, no, it's an unknown. Okay, where is your mom at? In my front yard. Stay on the line with me, sir. Stay on the line with me. FD, go ahead and keep talking to him. Okay. I'm gonna... Uh, so no other part of her body was injured? I do not think so, okay. but she is bleeding from her leg. Does anybody know how to control bleeding? Or you, can you go near her and help her? Or no, I can't. My dad is surrounding her. All right, you don't want, he doesn't want you near her? Okay, what I want you to do is stay, keep yourself in a safe place, okay? I don't want you to go near him then, okay? Okay, should I go to my neighbor's house? No, I don't even actually want you to leave the home. I want you to stay out of his sight so he can't see you in case anything happens like that, you know what I mean? Okay, but so should I go to my neighbor's house? Can he, will he see you if you go that way? No. Okay, if you can do that safely, I would advise okay. going somewhere safe. But don't hang up. Can you stay on the phone and do this? Um, I don't think so. All right, I, I'm... Sir, are you inside? No, I am outside. You are outside? Yes. Okay, outside in the back and the front? In the front. Where is Mom and Dad at? In the front. Mom and Dad is in the front? Yes. Okay, just stand along with me. Mom and Dad's in the front. And what is your dad doing? Is he saying anything to you? or? No, he's just surrounding my mom. Yeah, when you say surrounding, is he pacing? Dad is near mom. Yeah, pacing. Okay. Right, yeah, don't pacing. go near him and don't speak. Is he armed, sir? Hello? Is, is he, he armed? still armed? Yes. Dad is pacing and he's still armed. Can you, can you walk a little bit away from them so you're not in danger? Yeah. So I keep the fan on the phone. Don't hang up. Oh, uh, okay. Hello? Yeah. Just stay on the line with We're us. We're still here. Are they coming? Yes, they are. They're in as fast as they can. Okay. Stay on the line though, okay? Okay. Are you by the trailhead, sir? Um, what? Are you by the trailhead? Uh, I do not think so. He doesn't think so. By the trail? Like, uh, I don't I know. I don't know. He, he's not familiar with reference to what you're asking me. Hold on a second, sir. Are you injured at all, sir? No, I'm not. Is anybody else in the home? No. Besides the three of you? No.
No, I cannot. You cannot? Okay, just calm down. We've got Eunice coming to you. How old are you, sir? Fourteen. Fourteen. What's your name, sir? Josh Brooks. Josh Brooks? Okay, Josh, you're okay, bud. You're okay, all right? We've got Eunice coming to you. Okay. All right, don't hang up, Josh. I'm going to stay with you until they get there, okay? Okay. I just heard two more gunshots. He heard two more shots. Okay. Stay clear of that, okay? I don't want you to go anywhere near that. Stay on the line with me, Josh. We've got units coming to you as okay. fast as we can, okay? I think I hear them. All right. You hear the units? Just stay on the line with me, Josh. Okay. Yeah, don't hang up until they're there, okay? We'll let you know when they're Josh. Okay. Stay with me. Okay. What's your dad wearing? Um, a blue shirt and black shorts. Dad is wearing a police shirt? A blue shirt. A blue shirt. And black shorts. Josh, Josh, take, yes. take a couple deep breaths, bud. You have an animal next to you, Josh? Yeah, okay. my dog. Is your dog injured at all as well? No. Okay. I don't think the other ones are, but... <laughs> do you see any units yet, Josh? No, I do not. I can hear them, though. Okay. Just stand along with us, Josh. What color is your house, Josh? It is white. A white house, block, brick, or wood? Uh, what? Is it a block, brick, or wood house? I think it's brick. Brick house? What kind of vehicle is in the driveway, Josh? Uh, a tan truck and uh, a silver Dodge Charger. Okay, just stand along with me. Do you have a long driveway, Josh? Yes, I do. Long driveway. Stand in line, Josh. They're in the area, okay? Just stand in line. Can you see your dad? No, I cannot. Cannot see your dad? Okay, you cannot see your mom or you cannot see your dad, right? Okay. I'm sorry? I cannot. Okay. Okay, that's okay, Josh. That's okay. What was your mom wearing? Um, a blue shirt, a blue and white polka dot shirt and black shorts. Blue and white polka dots? Yes. Shirt. And what kind of shorts? Black. Black shorts? Okay. What's your dad's name? Daryl Brooks. Daryl? Yes. D-A-R-R-E-L-L -L Brooks? No, D-A-R-R-Y. Y? Okay. Hang on. Y-L? Yes. Yeah. Y-L. And how old's your dad? I'm in the 40s. In the in 40s? Late 40s? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your mom's name? Hello. What's your mom's name? Peggy Brooks. Peggy? P-E-G-G-Y. Peggy Brooks. And how old's your mom? Mid-40s. Mid-40s? Okay. Stand in line with me. Okay. Okay, Josh, we do have units in the area, so you're not alone, okay? Okay. Just stand in line with me. Okay, take a couple deep breaths, Josh. It's okay, Josh. Is it, do you have a shed or anything? Yes, I do. It's okay. Do, is your backyard fence in? My what? It's a backyard fence. Uh, no, it is not. Yard is not fenced in? Okay, stand in line with me. Can you get yourself to that shed? Uh, yes, sir, I okay. can. And your father won't see you if you get to that shed? No, he will not.
Alright, that's probably the best thing you can probably do is go over there and get inside. Okay. You have a cordless phone, Josh, or is this a cell phone? Okay, Josh, somehow or another, you're breaking in and out. Okay, Josh, do me a favor. Don't go in the shed because you're breaking in and out. Okay. Okay, just stay right where you're at right now. Okay. You're not armed with anything, correct, Josh? No, I am not. Okay, Josh, what are you wearing? I am wearing a black UCS night shirt and white okay. shorts. Before I get too far into this, I want to say that I'm glad a lot of agencies are combining their dispatch centers. This call, there were just too many back and forth between the dispatchers asking their questions. In a call like this, medics absolutely do need to be dispatched quickly, but because they will absolutely be staging off-site and waiting for police to tell them it's safe to enter, the police end of the questions to take priority, especially since the caller wasn't right there with the victim. Additionally, it seems like the first dispatcher was trying to be a bit too exact. She kept asking if being shot meant being gunshot. I don't know about any other way that shot could be considered anything other than being gunshot. Getting details are obviously important, but some things are pretty obvious. They don't need to be questioned or acted upon further. Some agencies force things like this. Although not exactly the same, LAPD has recently started guiding their radio transmissions, seemingly making officers say scripted lines during certain scenarios that are going on. For example, I've played a few calls for officer-involved shootings from there in the past couple years. Even if there are 30 officers and a SWAT team on the scene, if an officer-involved shooting happens, they all say, shots fired, officer needs help. If there's an ongoing shootout happening, I completely understand the officer needs help part of that. But I don't know what other help they would need if they have 30-plus officers on the scene when a shooting happens and the suspect is down. Getting back to this call, the medical dispatcher almost immediately jumping to, is she still with us or is she beyond any help, is a cause for concern as well. The caller hadn't said where she was shot at this point. Generally, we won't ask if a patient is beyond any help unless there's some sort of a indication that would lead us there, like being cold and stiff in a warm environment or for a gunshot, having an explosive wound to the head. There is very little information about this call. It happened nearly 15 years ago, back in 2008. The father, 44-year-old Daryl Brooks, was believed to have shot his wife Peggy and then shot himself. There were no reports of prior domestic violence that had been made. And again, the motive is unknown. I can only imagine how hard it was on this caller, who was just 14 years old when he made the call, to witness something like this. He was obviously beyond scared and shaken on the phone call while he was trying to hold on to his dog. And he was left without his parents. This was all after the parents had been together for 22 years. I wish I could end this on a lighter note, but a lot of times it doesn't go that way in dispatch or police work. Sometimes you end your day with absolutely tragic events just like the ones I talked about today. But you have to find ways to deal with things like this because there's a whole new shift that starts the next day.
Be sure to follow Music City 911 on all social media platforms. Each of them are linked in the show notes. I'd appreciate any amount of support for the show as well. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. The easiest is to just share the show with your friends that might be interested in what we talk about each week. You can also leave a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. If you'd like to help keep the lights on and such, you can head over to patreon.com slash musiccity911 for ad-free and bonus episodes. Patreon members, be on the lookout for a new mini-episode that's going to be dropped here in the next couple days. You can also purchase some nice-looking Music City 911 gear from my merch store, which can be located at my website, musiccity911.com. And finally, I'll have to tell you, after a shift having a hand in calls like we heard today, there's times I like to throw back a beer or five. If you'd like to buy me one of those beers, you can also do so on the website. There's a link towards the bottom of the page that says, Buy Me a Beer. It's simply a one-time donation you can give any amount you'd like. I certainly enjoy any support you can give the show. Until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.